0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast, the most profane and the least profound crypto podcast that you'll listen to. Guys, I'm really excited about this week's episode because we got one of my favorite YouTube content creators, James Pelton. If you haven't listened to him on YouTube or checked out his Twitter feed or anything like that, during the interview, I had him do a shout out to himself towards the end of it so that you can find him. I just really enjoy the way he delivers his message uh, and really the the knowledge that he brings to the space of what he's been through and what he's learned, kind of the same way that I like to use this podcast to narrate my adventure through it. His YouTube channel is a great place to catch all the projects that he has approached and done AMAs with. He does a lot of those Uh, and his adventure and his mistakes and his successes and his journey towards a really high amount of passive income. That's kind of his focus. So... In the interview, we'll go over, you know, passive income, why he likes it, why he's into it. We'll go over projects that he's invested in, projects that went well, projects that didn't. We'll go over a couple rules that he has in place that help him approach trading and investing on a daily basis in a less emotional place. Because of these rules, it helps him prevent himself from making too many emotional moves. And we just really get into like who he is, where, you know, his, how he began his adventure and kind of where he's at now, and I think it was important to go over this with somebody who's way further down the road than I am so that a lot of the listeners, similar to myself, that are new to the crypto space can kind of look to what he did, see that he's made mistakes or investments didn't quite, I don't want to say mistakes, but investments didn't quite go the way that he had planned, uh, and they can just see that everybody starts somewhere and just starting right now at this point in time, this literal point in time. Uh, could be a great way to diversify a portfolio or just kind of get into investing in general. You know, none of this is financial advice, obviously, uh, but I just think not just hearing from me, but hearing from somebody else who's doing something on a different platform, really going, doing it well in YouTube and, and making good strides in their personal portfolio is just another way for you guys to kind of gain confidence to step into uh, the crypto universe and give it a try. So Stick around and listen to the podcast, listen to the interview that we did with James. Uh, it was great. I had a lot of fun with it. Ooh, that sugar's sweet, you got what I need, sipping on the potion, all that good emotion, just my kind of heat, keep it on repeat, testify the potion. back relax and prepare yourself for yet another episode of the filthy casuals crypto podcast a podcast where no you're not listening to an expert hell you're not even listening to an adult who has his shit together you're just chilling with a filthy casual crypto guy who's adventuring in the land of crypto making all the mistakes so that you don't have to that's right sit back chill out and let's get into another episode of the filthy casuals crypto podcast thanks for being here starting. We're going to talk to James Pelton, one of my favorite YouTube content creators out there. I just love the way he delivers it, the values he has when he operates and just the way he delivers the message when it comes to crypto. You know, he, he talks about all manner of the crypto space. And one of the big focuses he has is on passive income, which I know is a super big buzzword, very attractive to everybody because who doesn't want to live their life and earn the money to do so while they're living that life with their family and everything. So I asked James to come on because I just enjoy the way he delivers his message so much. And I wanted to ask him some of the questions that I know would come up with some of you guys just getting into the space. So James, if you could just kind of let them know who you are and maybe how you got started into crypto and, and NFTs, because I know we talk a lot about that. Yeah. If you could just let them know and uh, we'll go from there.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm James Pelton and I'm actually a software developer by trade. Um, so I. S- you know, went to school for that, and then I kind of started just doing programming for different companies, and kind of worked my way up to, you know, doing e-commerce stores for different companies and things like that. Um, and eventually, I had an idea for sending out mass text messages. So this was back in this is quite a while, make like 2011, and so I wrote some software that did that. So all your spam text messages that you get, a lot of those originated with me. So I, I'm sorry you for have that. You yeah, I, I apologize for that contribution. But then I worked on some software that helped stop spam text messages. So I kind of feel like an arms dealer for I was kind of on both sides. Yeah. So um, I kind of grew that business for a while and we ended up with 11 employees. And so I exited that business and was kind of just then looking for what to do with my money that I had. And so I kind of started, I didn't really know much about finances to be honest. So I just, I thought, well, you get a get a wealth manager, get in an index fund in the stock market. And that's about what you can do. You can get six, 6% a year and <laughs> call it good. I started doing that and it was pretty boring. And 6% returns was not that great. And even the market would go up and down. Yeah. So then I kind of started looking into other things. I started looking into real estate, And then I started doing like private business equity and things like that. And eventually someone, so I I just kind of went on this journey of passive income in general. And so I was looking for, okay, I'll be a landlord and rent things out and look at all these different passive income sources. And someone talked to me, the first one I saw was strong nodes. Um, Someone mentioned, hey, have you got, I've been, I've had Bitcoin for a while, but someone mentioned, hey, there's, there's other cryptocurrencies other than Bitcoin. Like, if you checked out strong, I'm like, what is this and They're Like, well, it's a node. And I'm like, well, what, like, what do you get? And they're like, well, you get like right now, like 26%. I'm like, well, that's, you know, on a real estate, 26% a year is pretty good. And they said, no, 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 not a year. It's 26% a month. And then I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, well, f- my first thought was there's no way that this is legitimate. Like there's just no way. And, uh, but I was like, you know what? I'll start with one node and give it like a month. And then we'll just kind of see. So I, this was, uh, this was when this might've been like May of of 2021. So that's kind of when I like really got into the DeFi space, but I bought the one strong node. And then a month later, sure, sure enough, I had my 26% or whatever. And so I was like, okay, well I'll buy five strong nodes. And then (laughs) And, uh, then the next month, lo and behold, and I'm like, oh man, this is, this is working. And so then I kind of just started to ramp up there. And then that got me, well, are there other projects that are like Strong? And so I got into Drip was yeah, one of my sure. first ones. Unfortunately, I was in Olympus Dow. Some of the Dows were also, they, they made a lot of money before they stopped making a lot of money. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, once and,
0: I- came and went real quick.
1: Yeah, they did. But then once I started seeing the returns there and like on my Strong nodes, I didn't have any tenants. I didn't have any leaky roofs. And so I kind of started moving more and more into crypto. And it's just been a crazy journey since then. So starting it, I know, was was it mainly curiosity? And then when you got in, was there
0: any like fear or doubt? I actually, on the podcast regularly, I, I've i tried to coin it. I haven't figured out a good term for it. But essentially, I feel like as an NFT or crypto, I guess you could call us investors. It just feels more like we're gambling. <laughs> you know, yeah, at some point, yeah. you know, there is the research and everything to try to kind of hedge your bets. But like I like to focus a lot on like the mental side of it because it's so volatile. I feel like it can get pretty emotional. Oh, yeah. I know that's not really what you're supposed to do in a trading space. It's supposed to be fact driven and charts and, and logic and but um I was just wondering if you got like do you ever come up against like Maybe I should have invested, but I was a little too scared and I missed the boat or anything like that. If you've come across that while you're trading or anything like
1: that. Yeah, definitely at first, especially like, you know, you I bought my five strong nodes and then you watch the price every day. And then if it goes down <laughs> even a little bit, you're kind of like, oh man, I put, you know, at the time, strong, at the time, a strong node was not cheap either. It was, oh, for sure. it was quite a bit of money I've worked over. And so, yeah, at the beginning, you're kind of just watching the charts and it goes down a little bit and you're like, oh, maybe I should sell. Maybe I should sell. And you kind of just you go up and down with the market when it goes up. Then you're like, oh, I should definitely buy. It's going up. It's going up. And it's really I've kind of learned it's the your emotions are usually like the opposite of what you should actually do. Like when when things are down is when you don't feel like buying, but that's when the money is going to be made is if you buy then. And then when it's up is when you should not buy. It's when you should sell and but it's the opposite so yeah at the beginning i followed my emotions more and those were good you know i had to learn those lessons but definitely lost some in the beginning kind of trying to learn those lessons yeah i ran into one with uh so i bought i bought in at the
0: thor financial node right like towards the peak not at the peak and that first node was you know for i mean especially for me at the time was very expensive and then you know as they came to where everybody started cashing in you know it did the typical thing where it came way down but when it came super far down, like 20, instead of being 180 to 200 a to, uh, coin, it was 20 or 30. So I was able to, like, I just was able to put in a quote unquote small amount and get like four more nodes. Yes. And now the price is climbing again. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now let's just see what happens.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, and once you get through some of those cycles a few times where like crypto's completely crashing, Bitcoin's going way down, and you're kind of like, oh, maybe this is the end of. Cryptocurrency, not and then it 96. comes back, and then again it starts going down. You're like, oh, maybe this is the end of cryptocurrency. But after you do that five or six times, you start to realize I kind of just don't even. I don't even check the price daily of anything anymore because I'm like, right. if it if it if Bitcoin's down, it'll be up tomorrow, or or even if I have to wait. Um, it's not like I'm I'm not using this for my living expenses every day too. So it's right. like if I'm not selling today then why do I care what the price is today? Like, it doesn't. I think that's a
0: key point. I think like, you're like causing yourself extra mental stress by just, just, you know, laser focusing on the price at every given moment. I mean, you know, opposed to just like you said, when you're getting ready to actually make a move,
1: then check the prices
0: and see where you're moving. Yep,
1: And like with vapor nodes, for example, you've mentioned that, mentioned that one, but like for vapor nodes, like, the price is not where you're going to make your money. You're going to make your money in the compounding, oh
0: you know, for sure. Especially
1: if you get that diamond hands bonus and you're compounding. Oh, I'm just sitting on it right huge. now. Yep, exactly. I'm just
0: sitting on the diamond hands. Right? I got yep. three out of three.
1: I'm not touching it. Yep, and that's where the money is going to be made. So people look at the price action, and it's like, well, you know, the price action's not where you're actually going to make your money. Probably if you're looking for passive income. Now there are those moonshots yeah. where you know you buy Shiba Inu in January of 2021, and then you make a billion dollars. Probably. But that's we not really that. what I'm after. Yeah, we all want that. But that's not really what I'm after. I'm after, like, I want a consistent stream of revenue that can, oh, for sure. that is uh, just there consistently.
0: I think I value, I think, you know, as I myself mature as just a, a person, and I guess mature more in the crypto space, I guess if that's kind of the term, you know, I've become, to, I've started to value consistency over, like, the promise of wealth. Like, I'd rather just get the consistent oh, uh, you know, Oh, there's, you know, invest all this money. There's a chance you can make a thousand dollars a day or, you know, invest here and you're guaranteed to get a hundred dollars a week for a year. Right. You know, yep. I'll take that.
1: Yep. Way. no, but I'm totally with you. And that's where I really, I've learned like comb finance, for example, they started the kind of the same time as Thor and a lot of these mm-hmm. nodes were popping up, but they started with like such low rewards like it was is it basically it's even lower than strong and oh, wow. so they they didn't grow very much because everybody else was offering these huge rewards and comb yeah. was just no we're gonna give these small rewards but then now when we look you know three or three months down the line we're seeing comb's price has only gone up they haven't really had any crashes um, whereas the one, ones that have given the the uh, big rewards have had to adjust they realize oh we can't
0: oh drastically yeah yeah we
1: can't maintain so. that so i'm with you i'd prefer just the consistent lower yeah. reward that's going to be there kind of like strong i mean you know strong has been given these rewards for like 14 months now and yeah the impressive. price is down now
0: yeah i've noticed a lot of like just because i'm in it like the thor financial they just you know they even came out and they're like look if we want this to be a sustainable project i think they cut rewards by 60 yep. percent you know and of course there's an uproar and it caused all this drama but you know, now they're coming up with a lot of things to support the project and everything. But as you said, you know, starting there attracted the most attention. And I think it was almost like creating an Achilles heel because once they wrecked or they, you know, right righted the ship, they're like, okay, this is what we have to do. They had the most hype. They had the most people that suddenly sold everything and the price came down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's been tough for Thor because they're they're the biggest they have the most money locked, they have the biggest team and so they're always going to be on the front having to learn the mistakes first. Yeah. And the smaller ones can see, oh, that didn't work and then they can they can adjust and also to being the biggest, it's harder to adjust. Like yeah, a small a project. To... Yeah. Yeah, a small project lowering the rewards is not a big deal. You know, you contact your 500 people that have nodes or whatever and you're good to go, but with Thor it's, you know, there's a whole community. I think they have 300,000 nodes. So the one of the the big things I like to go over, like I
0: I kind of talked about a little bit, was like the mental state um, of you while you're training. I was just wondering, do you have anything that you do like prior to getting in a day of business? Now I know you've got a lot. You've got content creation and research and interviews, and you do a lot more than I do. Uh, however, is there like do you have I don't know if it's a just something to kind of get you in the right headspace before you go into it? Because you know, like me, I try to like do a self-assessment, like, okay, where am I at today right now? You know, how am I feeling? Am I up and am I down? Like, where am I? Just to be aware of myself before I start doing it, because I feel like if I don't, you can make those emotional plays that could really just tank your portfolio. So I was wondering if you had anything like that or something that you kind of do yourself to kind of prepare yourself for the day.
1: Yeah, for sure. Maybe we've talked about it even over email or something, but yeah, like so like my faith is really important to me. And like, I just believe with my whole heart just based on even life experience that God is going to take care of me. Yeah. And so I start every day, just kind of praying through like, Hey, here are my plans for like, I want to try to make money in this and in this endeavor and in this endeavor and this endeavor. But if you have other plans for me, just direct me to where you want me to go. And I found that true that like a lot of the things that I thought, Oh, this is going to make me a lot of money ended up not working. But then there's these these side things that I didn't really anticipate that have just brought in tons of money. Like an example, I put like $60,000 into Olympus Dow, back when I started and I put yeah. like $5,000 into Drip because I believed in Olympus and I didn't believe in Drip. I was like, yeah, but then Drip 20 some X and Olympus went to 10 X down, <laughs> whatever you <laughs> yeah. call it. So I've learned I'm not as clever as I think I am. So I yeah. you know don't rely on emotions. And that diversify, because again, I missed with Olympus, but I hit really big with drip. I, I pray and then try not to, you know, yeah, make decisions. I, I try not to be arrogant, too, and think that, oh, I'm going to always make money on everything. But, you know, sometimes I, I make mistakes and I'm tr- I try to be upfront on my YouTube channel that, hey, I thought this was going to do well and it didn't. I'm sorry. Don't listen to everything I say. Do your own research and yeah. things like that. But, yeah, that's kind of how my days go.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's really important to have some way to get your head straight before you go forward. Because like you said, like I've come off like the day after I made, you know, five, six X off uh, the pizza game, you know, and I was like, I came in the next day. I was like, yeah, let's see what projects we can get into. Let's just let's get in there. We're going to do it again, you know, and I started reading white papers and I started noticing I was kind of glossing over, you know, I was just looking for the juicy bits, not the important boring bits that actually like tokenomics is like a boring Part of the white paper but it makes so like it makes or breaks a project yes and i you know luckily i've i caught myself uh but you know it'd be so easy to just get caught up in a good day and then just get enamored by what people put out there up front and then miss all the important stuff yeah. So i think getting your head straight is so important
1: yeah for sure and, and I've, I've found that having some like kind of rules in place has helped me that so i'll use a cubo nodes as an example Actually, i have on my other screen i have your video popped up so i can watch it when we're done (laughs) that's a it's a great one i mean it's just a small little market cap well we're kind of seeing i mean this could be its own video but we're kind of seeing in these node projects that there's a life cycle and Mm -hmm. so if you can get in early in the life cycle there's a lot of money to be made i still think there's money to be made late too but The real money is like I got into Cubo when it was like $4 and now it's, you know, $14. So when Cubo had this huge pump and when you're, when you have these huge pumps, you're really tempted. Well, I just want to compound because, you know, if I had five more nodes, then I would even, you know, get, get more benefit. But I just have kind of a rule. Know when something pumps like that, take some profit so that you have your initial investment out. You have some money now you can spread out. And so it, it took a lot of discipline because I didn't want to. I wanted to just compound and just keep my Cubo bag growing. But I took some profit and then the Cubo price actually came down a bit. And then I was actually able to buy twice, twice as many nodes at the down price as yeah. I was if I had just compounded when I was up there. And that was just a rule. Emotionally, I wouldn't have done it, but I just yeah. have a rule. Yeah. When it goes up, take some profits. So, yeah. yeah, rules like that have really helped. I think there's like
0: I think there's an easy lesson in there about... Maybe setting yourself, even if it's one or two rules similar to that one, put them on a post-it note and putting them on your monitor, you know, or something though. So when you get into a day, you can kind of see. Well, okay, wait, I said I wouldn't do that, you know, and yeah. I'll stop myself. But similar to your Cubo, I found a project that I, another gamified yield node because I'm just all over the place with these things. It was between they had a minting issue on the the very last generation of phase one. And so they were like, you know what we'll do? The project's going to pay the minting cost of all of them. We'll airdrop them to people. But it created this lag time between phase one and phase two. And people just got agitated because they want quick, quick. So I was able to come in and sweep up a bunch of these NFTs for, uh, I think, 0.1 to 0.15 AVAX when they were minting for one and a half to two. And now that phase two is, you know, now poised to launch maybe into this week, next week. All of the prices have just started pumping again on all these things I bought for pennies on the dollar, There you you know, but it was the same thing. It was knowing that, okay, wait, it's down. Do my research. Okay. This is where it's good to buy and not, and it's totally opposite of your.
1: Yes. Yep. So I totally, yeah. And one rule I have, I don't, I don't necessarily always follow it, but before I buy or sell anything, I always check the 30 day price. And if the 30 day price is way up, then I just rethink, okay, am I sure that I wanna be buying this right now? It's at all time high or it's at 30 day high. Am I sure that I wanna buy this right now? And if it's down, I really do I am I sure I wanna sell right now? It's at, you know, 30 day lows. Am I sure I wanna sell? And you know, once in a while I'll break it for one reason or another. I mean, there are times where projects just go down and they end up at zero and you're mm-hmm. just holding the whole time saying, Oh, it'll go back up and then it's gone. So I mean and then you don't have anything. Right. So it's uh, not a you know hard fast rule but things like that we're just yeah keeping your emotions in check i think are
0: for sure now i want to make sure i know uh busy i don't want to go too far over our time limit here Uh, but i would love if you could at least kind of tell people where they can find you on youtube and twitter and everything just so that they can find your content because i like it so much i want to make sure that anybody listening will be able to find you
1: yeah no i appreciate it yeah you can check me out youtube's kind of my main go-to um, but it's youtube.com slash C slash James Pelton. So it's just channel James Pelton. That's I'm the original James Pelton on YouTube. So that's <laughs> the great. original. Uh, yes. Twitter, I might have like five or six projects a day to look at. And YouTube is one a day or one every couple of days. So, but yeah, those two places would be great. And I, I try to answer my Twitter DMs. So if uh, you need something, that's a great place to get a hold of me too.
0: Well, that's great. All right, guys, you heard him. So make sure that you go check him out on social media, give him a follow, a like. Check out his videos. Uh, when I start my morning, I always he's one of the first content creators I go through Twitter and I go through his YouTube to see if I'm missing anything or or perhaps something that flew under my radar. So make sure you check him out. It's been great for me, a great tool. And like I said, once you one video and you get to just see how great he is at delivering what he's got to say about these projects. And before you know it, you're going to be watching through his whole his whole portfolio of YouTube videos, guys. <laughs>
1: Yep, they're all there. So yeah, you can binge watch and see my whole journey, pretty much. So, yeah. but thank you so much for having me. I love just meeting new people and you know meeting new audiences. And uh, I just like I like hearing people's stories about how they got to where they're at. So I appreciate you inviting me on.
0: Absolutely. I will. Uh well, have a great day, everybody, and thanks for hanging around. Hey guys, if you're still here, that means you just finished the interview with James. I hope you guys had as much fun listening to it as I did doing the interview. You know, I just really want to make sure that you guys are able to pick out one or two little tidbits from it that went, uh, just meant a lot, I thought, or just had a lot of benefit. And one of them was first the rules that he said towards the end of it. You know, he has a couple of those rules that he just kind of keeps in his head. And I think I even mentioned maybe putting them on a post it note and putting them on your monitors so that you have these rules kind of floating around wherever most of your attention is so that you can constantly see. One of his rules was that he really likes to look at the 30-day forecast of the coin or the NFT or whatever before he sells, so he can really make an assessment of, like, is this a good time to sell or is this a good time to buy? Should I hold? Should I sell? And I thought that was a really good point. And then maybe you come up with other rules that you put in place, and you put them on Post-it Notes, you know? Maybe you know that you're prone to making emotional swings or emotional trades you know, this way or that way. So make a rule to yourself and put it on a post-it note and put it up there. And I think if you kind of self-assess yourself and see where you're at and maybe what mistakes you make or what you're prone to doing, that you can put those on post-it notes, put them up there. That way you have that kind of, you kind of create this, these bumper rails, like you're bowling. When you're terrible at bowling, you kind of create these bumper rails so that it kind of keeps you more in the lane and heading towards the goal. That was a really well put together metaphor. And I think we're going to keep that one because I really liked it. I'm, I'm rather rather proud of myself for that one, to be honest. And another one that he went over was just, you know, he does his, because his faith is so important, he does his through prayer. But whatever you may believe in or however you like to get your thoughts together, you know, I think it's really important that we remember that before we start our day, You know, whether you got to get your 12 cups of coffee or you have to get your protein shake or, you know, go on a run, whatever it is that you're like morning ritual, if you will. You know, I think it's really important to install one of those either right before you trade. If you trade like first thing in the morning, maybe it is your morning ritual or if you trade like in the afternoon or at night, like there's something that you do in order to get you centered or get your mental game on point so that going forward, you know, if you had a bad day you don't let that affect your decisions. And if you had a good day, you still can't let that affect you uh, because, as I've mentioned before, getting high on a win and then going in here just rip-roaring and just buying everything because you're going to win again because you're a winner. And, you know, uh, you don't want to do that. Terrible things, uh, you're, you're basically shooting yourself in the foot and you could really affect your portfolio that way. So those are like two of the really big points, you know, the, the rules that James has for himself. I think you could either adapt those or create your own and put them up uh, to really help yourself as you go throughout the day. And then the other one being having some sort of like mental ritual that gets you ready for the day that kind of helps you center yourself so that your emotions aren't wild or just aren't hanging out in a certain wherever your day left them. You know, if you had a good day, it leaves them in one place. If you had a bad day, it left you in another one. You know, being able to bring yourself together and, and get ready for trading and assessing projects and what have you, I think is very important. Not to mention, at the end of the interview, he gave a shout out to himself, guys. Go check it out. You know, I love a lot of his content, like I said in there. Uh, I'm actually recording this outro kind of right after we did that interview. So I actually have a couple of his videos that he's done over the last couple of days queued up to watch. So, you know, I'm not just bringing him on because, you know, I like him as a a content creator, but it's actually content creation uh, that I enjoy and that I consume myself. So I really wanted to share it with you guys. So I really hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. I thank you again for sticking around for yet another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast, the most profane and the least profound podcast in the entire cryptoverse. And I'll see you guys again next time.